Welcome to Victory in the Word Radio Ministries of Renaissance Church of God in Christ, USA. We're the host, Bishop Dennis J. McMurray is our senior pastor, and Dr. E. Jean McMurray is our first lady. Join us in this inspiring time of praise, worship, and fellowship designed to encourage and motivate everyone through the Word of God. Now prepare your hearts to be blessed with Victory in the Word. God bless you. This is Bishop Dennis J. McMurray, Senior Pastor of the Renaissance Church of God in Christ, located here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan, USA. And I'm just honored and so grateful this day, this weekend, as we remember all that our Lord has gone through so that we might live. I'm honored to be in a place to share a word of encouragement with you today. It is my prayer this day that what we will share with you will encourage you and have you to recognize and realize that life is still worth the living and the sacrifice of God through his son Jesus' sacrificial death at Calvary should be enough evidence to keep you in the process called life, living in fullness every day. We have ups and indeed we have downs. But when we stop and look at our lives in real retrospect, we should come to the conclusion that our good days far outweigh our our bad days. And prayerfully, that will be motivation enough for you to not complain. But complaining sometimes is part of the life process. And that's why the word of God is given to us to encourage us and to embrace us when it feels like all is sinking sand. So on behalf of the First Lady of the Renaissance Church of God in Christ, Dr. E. Jean McMurray and myself, Bishop Dennis McMurray, we say happy Easter to all of you that are listening to this teleclass, to this telecast, regardless of what part of the country you're in. You may be hearing it on Good Friday. You may be hearing it on Saturday. You may even be hearing it on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. But we pray that this weekend has been a transformational weekend for you. And speaking of transformation, I can't think of a better place for your life to be transformed than in the church of Jesus Christ. And we invite you, we invite you to come and worship with the Renaissance Church of God in Christ. For those of you that capture this broadcast prior to Easter Sunday worship, we want you to know that we have two dynamic Uh, Easter worship experience is scheduled for this Easter weekend at 6 o'clock a.m., 6 o'clock a.m. in our Family Life Center. We will have our 27th annual sunrise worship service. Sunrise simply means at 6 o'clock in the morning, we will gather here at the Renaissance Church and we will celebrate the risen Christ. It was 6 a.m. that Sunday morning. That Christ got up and he literally declared that all power is in my hand. And we invite you to come and be a part of that worship service. God has blessed us and anointed us to prepare special holy anointing oil. And we will bless every family with this special holy anointing oil. You don't have to be a member of Renaissance. Just come and be blessed. Come and worship with us. Some of you like to get in that early morning service and like to, uh, you've been wanting to come and worship with us for quite some time. Then we invite you to get up early. 
it's worth the sacrifice. It's worth getting up and meet us here at Renaissance at 6 a.m. And then on that same Easter Sunday at 1030 a.m., 1030 a.m., we will gather for our Sunday morning Easter worship celebration service. And you don't want to miss that. God has given the entire ministry a single focus of flow to lift up the name of Jesus and encourage you in your walk. 10.30 a.m. here at Renaissance, we'll be speaking from the subject, Nevertheless, and I want you all to know this morning, this day, this afternoon, this night, whatever time this broadcast is coming into your presence, that it that it is indeed a special time. So Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning at 6 a.m., 6 a.m., I will be personally anointing and laying my hands on every person in that service, and we also have that special blessed anointed oil that each family will receive. Then at 10.30 a.m., we will gather for our Sunday morning worship celebration. Then, if by chance you are listening to this broadcast in your location and the Easter services have been concluded, well, the uh, announcer shared with you in the introduction as well as in the extra that uh, there's fantastic worship opportunities at Renaissance that will take place throughout the week every week of the month, every month of the year until Jesus Christ returns. So won't you please, 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 please do yourself a justice and take a look at the Renaissance Web Ministry at renkojic.org or come and visit with us on a Sunday morning, 1030 a.m. at our Family Life Center on the 15-acre ministry campus of the Renaissance Church. You, I think, you and your family will be blessed and probably will find the worship experience you've been looking for all of your life. Well, we want to go into the Word of God and ask God to bless our time together because the Word of God is timely regardless of when you hear it. God, we thank you this day for your Son, of Son Jesus, and we thank you, God, for the power and, and the possibilities that exist when we embrace your son, Jesus, as our Lord and Savior. And King Jesus, I ask now that you would touch everyone listening to this broadcast, God. Touch them, God, at the depth of their being and let the words minister to them as you have given to me to do ministry. And God, I pray that a spirit of encouragement would be released, a spirit of hope be released, and God, just your power and your anointing will be experienced by all who listen. And we thank you. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I took a little longer than normal to talk about the announcements and so forth. And there's just one. Easter is on us. Easter is upon us. And we pray that God has done something and continues to do something special in the way of resurrecting, resurrecting your expectations for living life. I want to take you to the word of God, if I could, just for a few moments in the book of Romans, Romans, the fifth chapter where we will travel to. And uh, we will read first from the King James version of scripture. And then we will share a thought of encouragement with you this day. Romans, the fifth chapter. And I'll begin reading at the sixth verse at the sixth verse. It says, for when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. 
yet peradventure for a good man, somewhat even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. I want to read that also in another um, passage of scripture. And I just want that to just just jump on us and just make all kind of sense because the word of God is so powerful. I'm going to read it in the amplified version of scripture at same uh, Romans five and six says, while we were still helpless. Powerless to provide our own salvation at the right time, Christ died as a substitute for the ungodly. Now it is an ex. Now it is an extraordinary thing for one to willingly give his life even for an upright man, though perhaps for a good man, one who is noble and selfless and worthy. Someone might even dare to die, but God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, since we have now been justified and declared free of the guilt of sin by his blood, how much more certain is it that we will be saved from the wrath of God through him? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, it is much more certain, having been reconciled, that we will be saved from the consciousness of sin by his life. That is, we will be saved because Christ lives today. Then I want to read that one more time. And I want to read it in what's known as the message version of scripture. Listen what that says. Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't. Listen at this. He didn't. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for, and we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. That's powerful. Now that we are set right with God by means of this sacrificial death, the consummate blood sacrifice, there is no longer a question of being at odds with God in any way. If when we were at our worst, we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son. Now that we're at our best, just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of his resurrection life. My goodness, that is tremendous. My subject I want to share with you today is 
we're not perfect, but we are preferred by God. Not perfect, but preferred. And when you look at the Easter message and the Easter narrative, there are so many revelatory passages of scriptures that point to and really highlight this life-changing event that God gave to us through his son, Jesus. As I often say, God gave his son and the son gave his life so that we might live life. And you have to understand, I think more depth is given to this passage and to this Easter narrative when you look at the fact that it is rooted in the Roman way of life, in the great Roman Empire, where in order to be someone, you had to be you had to be a Roman in order to arrive or achieve or do anything in life. There were different class systems that the Roman lifestyle offered. And the more wealthy you were, the more opportunities that you had in life. Uh, the more connections you had in life, the more opportunities you had to live life. And based on your wealth, based on your pedigree or your culture or your upbringing or your business or your influence or your influential friends or the neighborhoods that you lived in or the material wealth that you had, that determined your access to the finer things of life. And in that time and in the Roman culture, people were putting each other down based on what you did or did not have in life. Thusly, you had a lot of people living to impress other people, to make other people think they were more than what they were. And in some, you had a lot of people living a false life. As we often say, everybody was in the rat race trying to keep up with the Joneses and try to present to people that they were more than what they really were. As a result of that, many people lived, lived a very depressing life because they couldn't keep up, lived a very downtrodden life because they could not keep up. The people had become cutthroat and they were backstabbers and People, the uh, love, the love wasn't there. The uh, 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 value of life wasn't there because everybody was so focused on getting ahead in this life, sort of like it is today. It appears that everybody is so focused on living their best life, so focused on living their brand or expanding their brand or being significant in life, so focused on being power people and power couples and living in power neighborhoods until men and women today are focused and, and, and really reaching for the wrong things in life. As a result, now more than ever before, as during the great Roman times, you have a lot of unfulfilled, disappointed, unhappy people, but they can't let anyone see it because they have to maintain this image that says, I'm all that, I'm together, and I am a well-balanced individual. Well, God realized that. He realized that men and women and humanity as a whole was in a very, very bad place. And as Paul was writing this narrative, reflecting on the power of Jesus Christ and the power of the Easter message, you know it. We heard it in John. John says to us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Men will condemn you, but God wants to save you. And I need to say that to somebody today. God wants to save you from whatever is threatening your life. That's why Jesus went to Calvary. He went to Calvary to take your sins, my sins, the sins of this world to Calvary's cross so that he could make a way for us to be right with God. Now, Satan himself understood very plainly how powerful the sacrifice of Christ at Calvary would be. And even more so powerful, he understood what Sunday morning meant. Sunday morning was a reflection of what Christ said when he rose from the dead and got off that cross. He said, he said, or should I say, came out of the tomb and he made a prolific statement. He said, all power is in my hand. All power has been given unto me and I can do anything for those who will embrace me as Lord and Savior. Well, many times living a Christ-centered life is much more easier said than done. Yeah, much more easier said than done. And sometimes in life we can get tangled up in things and caught up in stuff that we don't know how we ever get caught up in it. We don't know how we get so messed up, how we get so twisted. Uh, making up, making a choice to not come to church one Sunday has turned into some of us not coming to church and haven't gone to church in many Sundays, many months, many years. And that thing eats at us. That seed eats at us. And Satan, when he has you when he has your back against the wall, he specializes in trying to destroy you and literally turmoil your bringing turmoil to your mind so that you never ask God's forgiveness so that you never try again. He is determined, Satan, that is to bind you and to destroy you. But I've come to let somebody know today doesn't matter how long you prayed, how long it's been since you prayed, how long it's been since you've been the church how long it's been since you called on the name of the lord how long it's been since you tried to do what god wants us to do i want you to know that the devil is a liar and a deceiver god is not through with you yet and i need you to know something about your life even though it may not be a picture perfect of what the bible points to i want you to know if god woke you up this morning and you're listening to this sermon this day that god is sending a message through me to you that i realize you may not be perfect but you are still preferred you've got to understand as paul is writing in the book of romans the fifth chapter talking to people who've been influenced by society's appetites and and literal society's ways of living. He's writing to them and said, let me tell y'all something about Jesus. Jesus didn't die for the perfect, but he died for those who were preferred. And he goes on to say in that fifth chapter of Romans, he says to them, let me break this thing down to you about how much Jesus loves you, how much God loves you. He says, when you were weak, when you up, uh, when you, 
when you were of no value to him, when you could do nothing to contribute to his worth, I need you to understand that Christ died anyway. God commended or he said, I must send my son regardless of what where your life is. The son said, I must die regardless of where your life is. God said, I realize that those I'm giving my son up may never live for me. Christ said, I realize there are going to be people who will never embrace me as Lord and Savior, but I still got to die for them because I'm not looking and neither am I dying. And God says, neither am I giving my son for perfect people, but for preferred people. You've got to understand if you're listening to me today that we were made in God's likeness and in God's image. And the only way that we've lived up to this point in life is that every day God touched our biological clock in our bodies and he said, get up. Regardless of what you did the night before, if God woke you up, God was sending you a message to say there's still life worth living in your being. And I need to say that to somebody today. Doesn't matter what you've been doing lately it doesn't matter amen how difficult and how different you may have been living lately God told me to tell you he put it in my spirit as I prepared this sermon for you today if he woke you up this morning that he still wants to work with you he's still able to transform your life he's still able to make your life what the Bible says your life is worth and I need somebody to recognize and realize today And it's not about your worth right now. It's not about you connecting or having a center of social influence to make you feel important. As a matter of fact, you don't have to impress nobody. You haven't been able to impress yourself lately. You haven't been able to impress anybody. You may have been faking it. You may have been, you know, acting like you're there. But deep down inside, when all the lights turn out and you get under the covers to call it a night, You know yourself the nighttime is the worst time to deal with yourself because you don't have all these distractions that make us busy. But you have to lay there and deal with the person that you've become. And God said, I need you to understand that the person that you've become is the person that my son died for way back on Calvary. As a matter of fact, the Bible says to us when we were of no value to God, God still said, I'm going to allow my son to die for you. God saw the day when he was hanging on Calvary's cross. He could have got down, but he saw you. He saw you in the life struggle. He saw you in the life difficulty. He saw you in that moment where you would be struggling. And in seeing you, the message today is God knows you're not perfect, but God wants you to know you are preferred. That's why Christ continued to die. That's why Christ continued to suffer. That's why Christ allowed or should I say stood underneath the false verdict of guilty that was given to him because he knew that there was going to be a day when you would hear this message my brother when you would hear this message my sister it doesn't matter what you caught up in and what you're doing the Lord is saying I died for you back then so that when you get yourself together now there's already a way made for you to run to me and ask me to bless you 
where you need me the most. When you look at Romans, the fifth chapter, it speaks so plainly. It speaks so very, very plainly to us where God is trying to send us a message that he loves us today. He loved us every day of our life that he woke us up. If we were living and went to bed in sin and God woke you up the next morning, he was saying, my love is for you is greater than the sin that you may be caught in. The, my love for you is greater than the mistakes or the disappointments you may be struggling with. God is saying, my love is greater. My love is greater. My brother, my sister, if you're listening to this message, put the devil in check and just call upon the name of the Lord, which takes me to another passage in the book of Romans, the 10th chapter and the 13th verse. It said, whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's all you've got to do is call upon the name of the Lord. And God says, I'm going to begin the process of restoring your life. I'm going to begin the process of putting the pieces back together again. You can't put the pieces back together again, because if you had the power, you would have never allowed your life to fall apart into pieces. But God specializes in putting pieces back together. There's the old song that says the potter wants to put you back together again. And that's what I want you to know. All you've got to do is just call on the name of the Lord. I love the Calvary question. I love the Calvary passage of scripture because it says there was a man there on the cross on his own cross because Calvary was a place where thieves died, where sinners died. And, 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 and in the final moments of Christ on Calvary's cross to the right of him was a man who had lived foul and a sinful life all of his life. He was a thief and everybody around him thought he was going to die a thief's life. And as he was hanging at the cross next to Jesus, he was in the right place at the right time. And that's what I want to tell somebody this day. You are at the right place at the right time, even though it may be ugly to everybody else. It may be difficult. You may have disappointed a lot of people. You may be disappointed in yourself. I want you to know in this Easter weekend, you're in the right place at the right time because all that man did, he recognized and realized, wait a minute, I got to get myself together here because I'm surely going to be dead here in a couple hours and I got to get myself together. I got to do something to come out of this situation. And the Bible said all that man did was said, Lord, remember me. And as I end my message on this Easter weekend, I want to encourage you today to just say like that man, Lord, remember me. And the Bible said that Jesus stopped dying and looked to him and said, uh, from this day forward, you will be with me in paradise. And my brothers and sisters, I want to let you know today, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. God has blessed you to survive the pain and the ugly and the hurt of yesterday. All you've got to do is stop having a pity party and stop worrying about what people think of you, what people know about you, and just lift up your voice even now and say, Lord, remember me. And the Bible said, Jesus looked at that man and he says from this day forward you will be with me in paradise so I need you all to know something God knows you're not preferred God knows you're not perfect I should say but he does know you're preferred 
I'm Bishop Dennis McMurray inviting you to the Renaissance Church for Easter weekend worship services. 6 a.m. Sunday morning, Easter morning, is our sunrise service worship. Then at 10.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m. is our time of high celebration. God bless you. We love you. We're praying for you. Give your life to Christ today. Say with me, Lord Jesus, come into my life now. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, you're not perfect, but you are preferred. Thank you for listening to Victory in the Word Radio Ministries of Renaissance Church of God in Christ USA, where our senior pastor is Bishop Dennis J. McMurray and Dr. E. Jean McMurray is our First Lady. It is our prayer that you've been moved by the Word of God. We welcome you to join us at 1001 33rd Street, Southeast Grand Rapids, Michigan, 49508. Be prepared to attend Sunday School at 9 a.m. in the Family Life Center and our Sunday morning worship service at 10.30 a.m. We also invite you to attend our midweek worship opportunities on Wednesday afternoon, 12 noon, in the chapel, and Thursday at 6.45 p.m. in the Family Life Center. Feel free to call us at 616-243-0991. Also, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for joining Victory in the Word. And until next time, walk in victory.